every child, every family is different, but when you know principles like parenting with understanding, and you're able to go to the deeper root, I feel like gentle parenting still can, for the most part, be very behaviorist It's like or behavioral based. And parents who are trying to implement gentle parenting are trying to just focus on the behavior and parenting with understanding sees the entire iceberg underneath the surface. I'm Rachel and I'm Marcela and you're listening to the Parenting with Understanding podcast. We are parenting coaches who have helped millions of parents like you all over the world go from feeling isolated and hopeless, unable to break the cycle of permissive or punitive parenting to feeling confident in parenthood and connected to their children's needs. Hi, Marcella. Hi, Rachel. This is the end of July. The kids are about to start first grade. Oh. I remember the time when I was praying to Jesus to give me just one child. Hmm. And it was seven years of praying and not seeing anything. And then finally, I got pregnant with twins. And then I lost those twins. And then a few months later, three months later, I got pregnant with my twins, with Santiago and Miguel. (laughs) And it's been already six years. It's so crazy how fast the time goes. I feel like Peyton right now is very much just growing up. You know, she'll be four in October. And I feel like my baby that that the baby part of her is slipping through my fingers and I'm like oh you're becoming a big girl well, she's a preschooler yes. she's not even a daughter I know don't say it don't remind me I love that we get to come together like this and talk to our cycle breakers and I'm excited about today's topic because I think a lot of parents think Parenting with understanding is gentle parenting, just in a different name, but they're actually very different. Okay. So all people, all the the parents who do parenting with understanding are gentle parents, but not all gentle parents apply parenting with understanding. (laughs) Yes. Okay. So you have something really special coming up this week that we want to tell people about before we jump into the content of today. And that is that you're hosting your free masterclass, the three secrets to parenting without punishment or giving in. And really the foundation of this is parenting with understanding. That's exactly what that is. So tell people a little bit about this class. Okay. So first of all, if you are a parent of a child eight years old or younger, maybe 12 months to eight years old, and you want to raise your children differently, and you've been trying to raise them with a little more respect than what you got growing up. However, you see the tantrum, the yelling, the defying, the hitting, the kicking, the throwing, and you're like, okay, but how do I actually correct this behavior without spanking them, without yelling at them? Well, this class is going to give you the roadmap for you to correct behavior without punishment, using parenting with understanding And that's what we're going to talk about in this episode. So to register is very easy. Just open the description of this podcast episode and click the link in there and then give us your best email so we can send you the Zoom link. It's going to be this Friday at 7 p.m. Eastern time, or you can register as well on my bio 
at Heimpel Club on TikTok or on Instagram. Okay, so there are three components, three things that make parenting with understanding. Three things, and we're going to talk about each one of those three. How I said, I'm going to dive deeper in the masterclass, but here I'm going to give you an overview, Rachel and I. So number one, parenting with understanding and gentle parenting is different because we are gentle parents. We, we treat our children gently, but gentleness alone is not enough yeah. to, to help our children. And um, the reason is because, uh, let me give you an, an adult circumstance, right? Let's just say I'm feeling anxious about recording this podcast episode. <laughs> I'm feeling anxious and then the words are not coming out of my mouth and then I'm moving a lot. And then let's just say I'm, I'm having these nervous moves that I'm moving the microphone. And then Rachel, she's a gentle friend. <laughs> And then she wants to be empathetic. And then she tells me, Marcela, just, just take a deep breath and then you're going to be okay. Um, remember to leave your hands on your desk so you don't hit the microphone and make noise. My question is, would that my need to feel a little more relaxed in my nervous system, would that make me feel more confident <laughs> to record this podcast episode? No. That's exactly what gentle parents do. They name their children's feelings. I see that you're so angry, but we don't hit our sister. <laughs> but they're not diving deep on why this child is behaving the same, the way he's behaving. And then the gentle parents are like, oh, but I just told them not to hit the sister in a nice way. So the next day I'm just going to yell <laughs> or I'm just going to, I don't know what to do. I feel stuck. So that's the main difference. Number one, it is that parenting with understanding doesn't stay with what we see, the behavior we see, but we dive deeper. Okay, Marcel, I see that you are that you are moving the microphone, that you, you're restless. I can see you're tapping your fingers. Uh, can you please tell me a little bit more, right? Mm -hmm. So what about if you look beyond my behavior of tapping on the microphone and disrupting the podcast episode and saying, asking me, okay, Marcela, what is going on? <laughs> How can I help you? Very possible I would tell you, yes, I'm feeling nervous about recording this podcast. Well, I have news for you. Your two-year-old is not going to tell you that. They're just going to keep hitting, kicking, screaming. Even your six-year-old might not tell you that. Your twin or teen might not tell you that either yeah. because they might have the language skills, but they might not have the understanding of their needs. So that's number one, parenting with understanding tries to find a need. And they have like the members of the parenting with understanding program, they are gaining the skill of knowing what those needs are, even if their little kids cannot tell them yet what the needs are. Listening to you talk about that, I'm remembering a very specific scenario where I was stopping Peyton's behavior, but I wasn't utilizing parenting with understanding. And it didn't dawn on me. I knew parenting with understanding and it just took me a little bit to realize, Oh, I'm reverting back to these, these old traditional mindsets and things like that. And I was using gentle parenting though. That's the thing. So Peyton had this habit of trying to get my attention by throwing things at me or hitting me. And this was whenever she was about two. And so very typical for that age, 
to try to communicate in those ways, unless they've been taught how to communicate in different ways. And I would stop her behavior by saying, Hey, okay. I think that I, I actually even named her need. I think you might need connection right now. I think you might need my attention, but that's not the way to get it. Okay. That's not the healthy way to get it. But then I didn't give her anything beyond that. It was just like, come here. Let's like, what do you need? And she would say, I want mommy tension. And so I would say, okay, you know, like, come here, let me hold you for a minute. And that would, that would solve the issue. But then I wasn't teaching her how to ask for that in healthier ways. And then it dawned on me. Okay, hold on. I need to put my parenting with understanding tools to good work right here. I need to put them to good use. And I did, and I was able to correct her behavior. And now she never, I mean, even for, it took probably three or four times of me reminding her of the new skill to use. And now anytime she wants my attention, um, she'll say, mommy, can I have your attention? Can you put your phone away? Or mommy, I, I want you to like talk to me while we're in the car or like, you know, she doesn't want to just drive. She wants to interact and, and like communicate. And she's able to actually label that need for herself now, because I was able to apply parenting with understanding and teach her how to do that. Mm-hmm. Gentle parents don't have, they, they're not doing that you know, because they don't have the skills to do that. So it is, it is very parenting with understanding is very different. I see in social media, gentle parents naming their children's feelings a lot. So I see that you're angry. Let's say like there was a mom, uh, she was in the car and then her child was disappointed that they left a fun place or they left a certain person. And then she was saying like, ah, I see that you're disappointed. Uh, let's take a few deep breaths. And I was like, yeah, she was, she's talking about coping strategies, feelings, but she's not unveiling needs because needs and feelings are two different things. They are. Yeah. And I would even say that behavior communicates emotion. Like you're going to see emotions first. So it's like, if you're peeling back the layers, what you see at the surface is the behavior. And then you peel that back and you're going to see the emotion, but what's behind the emotion is the underlying need. Can we kind of talk about that for a second? Because I think parents get confused with needs and desires as well, because they'll, they'll tell me, well, like, what am I supposed to do if my child needs ice cream, but it's dinner time? Well, that's not a need, you know, (laughs) that's not a need, right? There are five basic needs that, um, that you go over actually in your free masterclass. So if you're listening to this and you're not aware of what the five basic needs are, by the way, these are, um, they're based on Dr. William Glasser's theory. There's a theory that he has where he narrows down all of the human needs into five basic categories. And you're going to see subcategories and things like that within those. But it's very helpful to have that simplified because when you're in the moment as a parent who is parenting with understanding, you're able to go, okay, which of the five needs is at work here? And Mm -hmm. not only do you see it in your children, but you start to see it in yourself and in your spouse and in your family. And yeah, you see it literally everywhere. 
So I'm excited that people are going to be able to hear a little bit more about those um, and, and really hear you break down the difference between needs and desires. You know, your child needs to go to bed. He's sleepy, he's tired, he needs rest, right? That's a physical need. Yeah. But then they're demanding to stay up, to get a cup of water, to or to watch another episode of Paw Patrol. That's a desire. (laughs) So needs and desires are different for sure. And I gave you the example with a physical need because they're easier to understand. Mm -hmm. But in the class, I'm going to go over the other emotional needs. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So the second difference between gentle parenting and parenting with understanding is the understanding of behavior. So gentle parents, they may see the tantrum and then let's see that they help their kids calm down. Let's just say they co-regulate with their kids. A lot of them might not understand that behavior is not just an action that happened, it's a curve that progresses and it has levels. And when you see the tantrum, that's kind of like the, I'm too late to the game stage. So parenting with understanding parents, they're always looking for early signs and getting, catching it early before it moves up and escalates to a tantrum. Um, That's a big difference that I've seen with my students in the parenting with understanding program. Even parents like Paola, Mm -hmm. she's one of the members, her child has ADHD and OCD and a lot of he used to have a lot of aggression. A, a lot of it was due to, to those. And when once she started understanding those early signs, she responded back to me when I asked her how things were going, that since she understood how to see early signs before it was too late, most of his tantrums completely stopped. Not because she stopped them, but because she is ahead of the game recognizing those early signs. Yeah. I think of it like a thermometer. Most parents, even gentle parents are only catching the behavior when it's escalated, like you said, to that meltdown or tantrum point where it's just like the child is, you know, like you can't even reason with them or talk to them. They're, they're spewing hatred out of their mouth and you're going, Oh my gosh, what do I do with, with this? Imagine knowing exactly what those warning signs were. The analogy that I'm trying to say is rather than waiting until there's a fever to catch like, Oh, there's a sickness because we see that there's a fever. What if you were able to recognize in behavior the warning signs leading up to that fever or meltdown slash tantrum. And you were able to help your child in those moments. It would change everything. And it does. People think I'm lying whenever I tell them that with my three and a half year old, we regularly go days without tantrums or meltdowns. I mean, we meltdowns are like very, 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 very rare. Like it's, In fact, when they happen, I'm like, what is going on? Because they're so rare. For example, I apply parenting with understanding and I see more meltdowns in Santi. So sometimes Santiago has sensory needs and other needs. So yes, again, 
It's not about you comparing your your child with Rachel Rogers' child or my my twins. So each children have their own particular needs. But yes, for sure, Santi's meltdowns would be way more if I didn't know parenting with understanding. But yeah, that's perfect. And I'm glad that you're saying that because you're right that every child, every family is different. But when you know principles like parenting with understanding, and you're able to go to the deeper root. I feel like gentle parenting still can, for the most part, be very behaviorist. It's like, or behavioral based and parents who are trying to implement gentle parenting are trying to just focus on the behavior and parenting with understanding sees the entire iceberg underneath the surface. That's why it's parenting with understanding Yeah, what children needs, behaviors, what they need to learn. And that's the third thing is the discipline portion. I think on that one, I could go on and on. But the main thing that I see is that a lot of people doing gentle parenting becoming permissive. Yeah, Gentle parenting itself is not permissive, but I've seen a lot of permissive gentle parents out there. Yeah, And parenting with understanding is not permissive. Not at all. No. So last month I made a video about the things that I do as a parent that make people angry. I used a little different language for that, but there are some things that I do as a parent that make people angry. And as that video started to get more and more views, it was so very apparent that people, parents, traditionally speaking, think that there is no gray area. It's like black or white. If you let your child negotiate with you, they're going to walk all over you and they're going to expect to negotiate every single thing. And they're not going to know how to take no for an answer. That's not how negotiations work. (laughs) So, um, like I would say 50% or more of the time when you negotiate something, you don't get your way. You know, I, there are so many examples I can think of. And then whenever I said that I don't use spankings, um, or timeouts, People were like, oh, you don't discipline, huh? You know, it's like immediately, like they think that that's the only way to discipline. And so gentle parents, no, gentle parents are, I would say more educated on the emotional needs of a child and maybe even the developmental needs of a child, but it's the psychological needs of the child that I see a lot of gentle parents lacking in because they know how to remove the spankings and timeouts, but they don't know what to implement in their place to actually teach. So they'll, they'll start to still use consequences. So they rely very heavily upon consequences. And I actually talk about this, um, in my ebook as well, where I'm talking about consequences that are related, reasonable, and respectful. And there are times and places where consequences may be necessary, but when you know how to educate your child on positive behaviors, you don't have to use consequences very often. And that's something that I said in that video and people were like, what if you're not, I mean, that's where the gentle parents got so confused whenever I was said, when I said, I rarely have to enforce consequences because I've learned how to gain my child's cooperation without them. The majority of the time. People are like, what, what, how is that even possible? Like I'm doing gentle parenting. I don't do the spankings and yellings, but the consequences thing, like, how are they going to learn? How are they going to be in the real world? How are they? So many questions, right? 
And it's because of that third element of parenting with understanding. It's a game changer, really. I correct behavior without consequences all the time. And I think it's from the mentality of children need to see consequences. That's that's as a narrative that we have in our head. I want to challenge that thinking. So let's just say they're adults, they grew up. Do you want your child to see that what gel is in order to learn positive behavior? No, you want them to make better choices before that consequence could even be an option for them, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so that's parenting with understanding. I want them to have the skills to correct own behavior. So my consequences are not even needed. And they do. And that's what is, that's what's so mind boggling where we think that consequences teach the lessons or that they teach the best lessons. But I have personally seen that when I enforce a consequence, it's like the behavior repeats more. It's not, it doesn't actually correct behavior long-term. I have to actually get back over. And I, it is very, at least for me, it's common for me to slip back over into old mindsets temporarily and be like, okay, what am I doing? Nope. We got to get out of this ditch back on the road that I know works really well. And when I meet my daughter with understanding, that's whenever I see herself correcting way more as our listeners are leaning into this a little bit and they're thinking, okay, what in the world? I want to encourage you again to sign up for Marcella's free masterclass. Okay. So I'm going to give you another example. It was actually something that happened to me with one of my teens, you know, that I did foster care for nine years. So do you understand the difference between, okay, how to correct a behavior that consequences don't are not really what corrects the behavior, but they're just part of the teaching if they're done right. So my son in foster care, one day he came from school. He was so mad that he slammed the door and he did it so, so hard that the baby gate fell down. And then he went to his bedroom and then he took the closet door off the rail and he, he destroyed the closet door. Okay. So later on, we found out that he had a trauma response in that particular moment. His nervous system didn't feel safe, didn't feel regulated, and it led him to, to do all that, right? So talking about consequences, what was the consequence that we, we went through in that particular moment? Well, the, the door was damaged, so... He had to help us pay for part of the, uh, of the reparation. And once the new door came, then he helped put it on with Brian. Now, the question is, would that consequence regulate his nervous system for him not to do that behavior again? No, absolutely not. So what really corrected that behavior over time for him to feel safe in our house? That's it. Once he, he knew that we were say, a safe house, a safe home, that, that we, we were safe adults, he relaxed and he didn't do that again. But it wasn't until then. It wasn't the consequence. It wasn't until he felt safe 
and his need for survival was met, that his behavior improved. Now, why did we do the consequence, right? Because again, everything we do in life, we need to either, you know, there are consequences attached to it. So it would be permissive if I say, okay, you took the, the closet door off the rail. Now, then don't worry. I'm going to rescue off this and I'm going to pay everything. And then you're, you're going to be good after this. No, that would not teach him responsibility, right? right? So I did that consequence to teach him responsibility, but not necessarily to correct that behavior mm-hmm. of aggression. Yeah. What corrected the behavior of aggression is for when I met his need for safety. It's a perfect example of when consequences are needed. You know, there are going to be times if your child, if you have a younger child that makes a mess, you have that child help you clean up the mess. Then that can be a consequence, but you're not making them clean the mess and expecting the mess cleaning to teach them not to make messes, right? Or like you meeting them with understanding and telling them, okay, like, you know, when you throw your food down on the ground and it makes a mess, then like, this is not a healthy way to tell me that you're done with your meal or whatever. So like, we've got to keep, let's keep the food up on the, on the tray or up on the table or whatever it is, you know, like if you want to have messy play, we can find a safe place for you to get that done. But because you made this mess, we're going to clean it up. When it comes to consequence, always think, why am I trying to teach my child through this consequence and to think that it's about the teaching, not about the behavior correction. When I applied that consequence, it was about teaching him responsibility, not necessarily because I was expecting that if he pays for the door, then he's going to stop his aggression. So in my master class, I'm going to cover in more detail the three things that we talked about in this podcast episode about looking beyond the behavior and then about the needs, understanding behavior and how to correct behavior, not just how to, you know, stop behavior or thinking what we think correcting behavior is and it is really not, which are the consequences. So please open the description of this podcast and register. I will see you in my masterclass. Don't forget to follow us at The Considered Mama Time for Club on Instagram and TikTok. And if you are an HIC cycle breaker, meaning you have any of our products, join our private Facebook group, HIC Cycle Breaker. And don't forget, it only takes understanding to break your cycle. We'll see you next week.